Hey listeners, welcome back to Topics with Tim, Next Level Health. This is my series called Gym Junkies, and this is part one of my conversation with Rob, who is a first timer on the show. In this portion of our conversation, we talk about the power of meditation. We both implement different various aspects of meditation into our lives, and it has helped us a lot with our mental health especially, and the results you get from meditating are not immediately gratifying. You don't see those results sometimes for weeks, so we both touch on that. We go into quarantine motivation, how Rob was able to stay motivated, to stay in shape during the quarantine. We know a lot of people gained a lot of weight during quarantine, so how did Rob stay in shape? I personally touch a little bit on my mental health, what the things that give me anxiety and how that relates to health and fitness. We talk about the circle effect, which is that you affect the people around you. There are a lot of studies showing that you really influence the people around you and how you can be healthier and then in in turn help improve the health of all the people in your circle. Rob shares his story of when he was young, all the things he did to stay active, his eventual move to LA and getting ripped on the P90X program. And we just learned a lot about what life was like for Rob growing up. So a lot of awesome content in this one. And part two will be coming out next week on Monday. So stay tuned for that. As always, guys, enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to Topics with Tim Next Level Health. We are back with another episode of Gym Junkies, and I have a brand new guest on the show. He's never been on the show before, but I'm excited to have him because we used to get our workout in back in the day. This guy was, is still is a, a workout guru, energizer, bunny, motivator. I still remember our times at Nine Round. Rob, Rob, say hello and just tell us a little about your uh, what your your day today, what you got going on. Uh, these days, day to day, um, I, I, I try to start my mornings getting my mind right. I found that actually translates the best throughout the day as far as being able to, you know, get into the gym mindset at the end of the day starts with the beginning of the day. So I usually wake up, I spend about 30 minutes doing meditations in the morning, get myself straight, and then slowly progress into the day, take my dog out, let her out, feed her, head to work and uh, get a good solid day's work in and uh, been also trying to maintain these days a a better diet. So I started working into uh, my lunch at the office. I figured out these really cool, uh, not necessarily meal prep, but better meal planning where I could pretty much take anything that I wanted to put it in a small Pyrex dish and do it in the oven, uh, the toaster oven at my office, because it's got a little bit of a kitchen, but not necessarily anything that I could get a pan out and do this and that. But yeah, and so I I just started within the last uh, month or so developing better uh, meal planning. So I was getting like um, small um, steaks, chicken, pork, anything that does well cooking in the oven for 30 minutes, and then vegetables to pair with it as well. So we're doing like uh, green beans, uh, fingerling potatoes, um, yellow squash, zucchini, you know, stuff that works great where you can take your piece of chicken, take your cut up zucchini, take your potatoes, put a little butter in it, cook it in the oven for 30 minutes and set yourself up not only for something that's going to be more nutritious, but it's going to taste good as well. Because I find that for me specifically, 
I'm a foodie in the sense that I love the way that things taste and I like to eat just to mm, eat, yeah. which is also <laughs> a struggle on the journey of health and nutrition, because if it's more about the, the flavor and the taste, it's a little bit harder to maintain those healthy habits because the first thing you want to go to is not necessarily what's the most healthy, but what's going to taste the best. Oh, yes. Yes. And we all know so foods, foods these days are designed to hack your brain to get yeah, you to eat because they taste so exactly. freaking good. <laughs> so for me, it's been, um, you know, the last uh, few months trying to figure out how I can bridge the gap between the two so mm. I can have something that I enjoy eating, but it's also nutritious for me. So I've been mm. uh, doing that for the last few weeks. It's actually worked out pretty well. And not only am I saving money, not eating out, I'm eating healthier, I'm feeling better. And it's setting me up more for success to get in post pandemic back into the gym here. Yes, yes. Let's talk about that for a second. How did you, and obviously, for those of you who listen to Gym Junkies, we'll definitely start with uh, going back to Rob's origins. But for now, I do want to actually hear about how the pan, like before the pandemic, what were you doing exercise nutrition wise? How did the pandemic affect you? And yeah. Well, for me, it was actually kind of twofold. It started with things being shut down for the pandemic and also the gym that I was working out at filed for bankruptcy and started shutting their gyms down. So I kind of 24 hour or was it a different, it was 24 hour. Yeah. I was Mm -hmm. doing a a all gym membership for 24 hour. And, you know, it started with, you know, having um, uh, some concerns at home, like we had talked about earlier with uh, the dog and taking the dog to the vet and taking a big chunk of my time and, and finances to, to manage that side of it. And then the gym closed and then everything closed and it just kind of all collapsed on top of me there, which it did for a lot of people. So I'm not necessarily uh, original in that regard, but did you gain the the quarantine 15? The, I did the weight (laughs) I did. And I tried to mitigate it by joining fitness challenges with some friends. So we'd get a big Facebook group together and it would be the six week challenge. You'd put $20 into it you would have to you know, follow guidelines as far as nutrition, exercise, and you would get points for these things. And at the end of it, you could kind of not only lose the weight, but earn some money. So there was some really good competition oh, involved okay. in it that kind of helped me to, to get back into it. So I did a, a couple of those challenges and, and slowly it's a lot of like my body weight. weight at home workout kind of stuff. Yeah. Body weight at home. And it was kind of like do you know, you get five points for doing 30 minutes of exercise a day, whatever it is. So going out for a walk or anything that's active for 30 minutes. So it was something that um, just about anybody could could do and, and be successful at, which I appreciated. So it um, definitely was a little bit of a seesaw battle because during the challenges, I would lose the weight. But once the challenge was over, I found it hard to maintain that lifestyle without the competition mm. behind it. So it was kind of, Oh, you needed that kind of the motivation of the competition to kind of keep, keep, yes, to to keep me consistent and and Um, accountable for my decisions. You know, real quick, you know what I think is I, 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 maybe one day I'll buy this. I don't know. I've never been a big biker, but I tried out the Peloton at a couple of different hotels I was staying at before the pandemic. Cause I had a job where they'd fly to different parts of the U S and so I would try out the Peloton bikes in these hotels and those things were addicting. And the main reason they were addicting is because on the side, when you're doing a workout, you see everyone else who's done it and like where they where they rank. And so you watch yourself as you're biking. You like watch yourself passing people. Yeah. 
And I was just something... addicted. I was just addicted to that. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in like the 1200s. Can I get to? Yeah. Can I get to the thousand? Oh, I'm in the thousands. Okay, can I get to 800? And I just remember like ignoring the instructor and just staring at the who I was passing, yeah. and it was incredibly addicting. <laughs> Which I yeah, mean, that's kind it's... of the part of that's part of what what works with it is is that aspect of it. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. And I need to find ways to be able to engage in exercises in that same way, but not necessarily have it be about a group of people, but how could I challenge myself? It's like, okay, well, last week you did this, beat yourself from last week. But those are something that this is a little bit more challenging for me to do it that way, because I, I feel like I, you know, just like you in the moment of, oh, I'm, I'm going to pass this person and I'll pedal harder, as opposed to just being at home on a bike by yourself. It's oh, like you yeah, don't really necessarily even... get to that point of pushing yourself past what you know you can do because you don't have the motivation for it beyond just exercise in general. This is actually the subject I'm currently in the works here, Rob. This is actually, I've never mentioned this on this podcast, but I'm in the works of writing a book. Ooh. Yeah. I know that and you called, did a lot of writing. Uh, say what? I said, I know that you used to do a lot of writing. In I did used to write and stuff like that. Yeah. For a fancy basketball website. That was fun. I did, I'm a good writer, did blogging and stuff like that. So this book is sort of, it's, I'm going to call it, I don't know if this is going to be the official title, but it's going to be called Cracking the Code on Workout Motivation and Consistency. Oh, I like that. I feel like I have a big drive of, you know, helping people realize how, how much, like how many benefits and gifts there are to exercising to where if you are sort of aware of everything that you're gaining, like all the rewards in place, it, it almost, it makes it like, you'd feel stupid not to go exercise. Like I no, want people I to get to that point in their minds where they're like, Oh my gosh, I would be a stupid not to exercise because I'm so aware of every single reward that's sort of built into humanity that you get. And so I, my book is sort of going to break down all the rewards and helping people kind of have a practical way of seeing those rewards on a regular basis to where they're reminded of it constantly. It's more of your, in your conscious mind. And no, so I love that because you, you got to go be aware. Yeah, you go work out, not necessarily because like, oh, I just want to look good or I got to plan for a wedding. No, you're like, oh, my gosh, like I know everything I'm getting and I want it. So I'm just I'm going to go. And so I had to pl- plug my book there. It's going to be a while till it comes out. But uh, but, oh, but well, that's I, I mean, that's we're all trying it. to consistently work out. We're all trying to consistently find out how to motivate ourselves, whether it's through competition or whether it's through a challenge or whatever it is, you know, to stay consistent with it. And that's sort of the struggle of humanity. But I see you're, you're, you're driven by the competition. Yeah. I've been driven a lot by competition in the past, but I do feel like, like you said, I need to be more in the mindset of what's it just in general, my nutrition, my health, my exercise, what's it doing for me in every moment, you know, Mm. beyond, Oh, I I look great in the mirror. It's summer bod time. It's definitely got to be, Yep. Cut season. <laughs> exactly. Because if I, if I can't figure out ways to do it like that, it's going to be a seesaw battle and ebb and flow for the rest of my life. And that's not a necessarily a, a formula that I want to be in. I want to do it for, for the health, for being able to sleep better at night and wake up mm. refreshed in the morning and um, just taking care of my vessel in general, because this is the only body that I have. So mm. Yeah, I need to take care of it and not destroy it. But those are things that are challenging because it's hard to see the forest for the trees sometimes when it comes to our health and fitness. Yes, you know, yes. society is ingrained in us. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like you got to look good. And if you want a girl mm-hmm. to like you, you got to look great and you got to have six pack abs. And, and 
stuff like that. And you got to look like a supermodel. And it's just that, that that's not a recipe for success if you want to maintain it for your whole whole life. I think another thing I'm noticing about our society and how we're kind of is like this idea of instant gratification. And, yes. and I'm noticing the healthiest things for me. Like, for example, you mentioned meditation, which I actually want to talk to you about because I've I've recently had to get into that a little bit more because I started having some mental health issues and I was like, I need to get back to meditating because that's what I was doing a lot in my early 20s. And I noticed that like certain things like meditation, for example, where, you know, I do it and in the moment I, I might not feel any different. I mean, sometimes I feel better. Sometimes I feel the same. Sometimes I feel worse. But it's not till almost a week later that I'm like, oh, man, now I just got the benefit of that. Like it actually takes yeah. days, weeks to, to feel the, the, what you're supposed to get from it. And it's like, man, that is so not instantly rewarding. It's so yeah. doing something with like a long-term mindset. And I think a lot Very of much so. what exercises the same way where you might not, you do get some momentary benefits like endorphins and different things, but it's sort of the long-term benefits that later on you're like, Oh man, it took me like months to get that benefit because I couldn't see it or, you know, didn't have no idea I was getting it. And now I know that I have it. It's like, wow, this is really, I'm glad I have this, but it's, it's sort of, but in our society, everything is instant. Everything is instant. And so to have to wait weeks to even get a package delivered anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the day of uh, next day delivery by Amazon prime, it's like, <laughs> I got to wait a week for the benefits of my meditation here. That's so silly, but you're, you're totally right. And that's one thing that I think is a struggle for so many people as we you know, our daily life now is the instant gratification in pretty much all aspects of our life. So how do you focus on, well, I'm working out today because a month from now I'm going to be a healthier person. Mm. And it's, it's hard for people to, to see it as a lifelong commitment and not a commitment until you reach a certain weight and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, exactly. There, there are times where I'll, I'll be playing a sport and I'll be able to do something in that sport I've never done before. But it, I mean, I, you know, but I had been training for months and months and months. And so I didn't see that reward until, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I got, to, I did that. That's so incredible. But it was like months, months away from maybe the initial time I started training or whatever. And it's just so not, it's so not instant and it's frustrating in that regard because you want it to instantly happen. And I think most of our society is like, I spent a week working out. I should be shredded. It's like, yeah. No, man, like <laughs> I should be down four pants sizes now and <laughs> it's like no, trading in all my old clothes. This is this is not. Yeah. So I think so. I actually wanted to hear about your specific meditation. What could you give us sort of a specific kind of what you do or because I know there's different ways to meditate. I have certain ways I do it. I'm curious to how you do it. Yeah. For the ones in the morning, I really like um, finding a set of kind of guided meditations that I've been able to mm -hmm. pick out on YouTube that kind of you know, especially first thing in the morning, because the last thing you really want to do as you're waking up is to put on soothing music and close your eyes. Yes. And then you'll go back yep. to sleep. So I've been finding <laughs> really good um, YouTube meditations that kind of guide you through 15 minutes of, you know, focusing on specific things, you know, taking deep breaths, um, being able to focus on um, like sensations in different parts of your body. So you can actually mm. focus on you know, turn a fan on, but you can actually feel the fan blowing across certain parts of your body. And then you focus in those locations and it actually takes your mind away from racing thoughts to focusing on something that's right here and now. Mm. And so I kind of try to do that for 15, 20, 30 minutes in the morning, each morning when I get up and uh, definitely helps me 
uh, get into the right mindset to to tackle my day. And, and interestingly, like you were talking about earlier with the, you said, I didn't really notice it until a week later. I kind of had something similar, yeah. but for me, it happened very similar, but it was the opposite where I didn't really notice how much of the benefits I was getting until I went on a trip to Australia and couldn't do my morning meditations really. And oh, after man. a couple of like... weeks, I started to notice like, oh, I haven't been doing this like I've been doing for the last six months and I'm feeling it. So I noticed it kind of in the opposite way where I could mm. kind of feel it struggling to get my day going and dealing with um, concerns on our trip. It was just one of those things where it was like there was wildfires and the GPS on our car didn't work when we got it from the airport. We're driving on the opposite side of the road for the first time in a, a, a foreign country and we can't figure out where to go and being able to, to manage those emotions and feelings became more difficult. And I could kind of tell that taking that part of my day out was making it more difficult. Wow. Yeah. That's, it really, it really makes a big difference to, to sort of get, yeah, like stay present. And uh, I do really well with affirmation meditations. Oh yeah. I, I love affirmation repeat, meditations. Have to, they'll give me a statement that I have to repeat. And I find that those are really vital for me because I'm someone who overanalyzes. Yeah. And because too. of that, I experience a lot of anxiety where I'll just obsess. Like I probably have, I have OCD tendencies for sure, where there'll be something going on in my life could be anything, honestly, whatever my brain decides is life or death or something. And then I'm just obsessing over it for hours and hours. Just can't, can't sort of let it go until I've made a decision. Yeah. And I find that doing that meditation, like allows me to, to freely let some of these things go. And without it, I kind of, I never really get a break from, from that, that sort of battle going on in my mind. So it's, it's, yeah, it's become part of my daily practice again to. Yeah. I've, to I've experienced very similar where it's like, I either need uh, resolution or understanding. And if I can't get mm. either of those, then I'm constantly over and over in my mind, playing it out and trying to figure it out. And sometimes it's like, if you can't get resolution on it, you got to figure out ways, ways to let it go and not, not mm. form attachments to it. Cause then if you don't get a resolution, that's when you get the anxiety and being upset and angry and triggered because all you want is, is to understand what's going on. Yes. Rob. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <I feel like laughs> we probably have the same thing then. Cause I, that's the same yeah. thing. I either want to like know the truth of what's going on or I want to understand, or I want to have an answer on whatever, what if it's a decision, like for example, I really struggle with making decisions about career choices and about job choices. I'll go on job searching things and I'll, I'll just become overwhelmed of like, oh my gosh, there's, and it's probably even somewhat egotistical in that I think that I can do a lot of jobs when maybe realistically, maybe there's only a few that I could do because I'm, you know, we're all limited in certain ways, but I sort of assume that I can do all these different jobs. And so then I see the amount of choices I have and I just sort of just, there's too many. I'm overwhelmed. I, I'm analyzing, trying to decide the perfect job yeah. to take. And um, I'm it like breaks me mentally because I sort of, can't get sort of resolution on you know which one to take exactly or i want a sign from god you know pointing yeah. me in, in one direction and it's not there and so i'm like oh god this sucks so, yeah it's like make this decision for me so i know it's the right one yes bingo bingo yeah. my friend but unfortunately i rarely get that so yeah no i struggle with me. that as well and, and it's you know it, it, i think it stems from the same area that like the fear of missing out 
sometimes it's hard mm. to commit because like, oh, if I commit to this job, maybe I'm missing out on the potentials of yes. this job. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. This, like, because yeah, what I mean, I could spend my life pursuing this one thing, but then I maybe I missed this whole other thing I, that I would have had like way more fun with or would have been way more, you know, enjoyable. So that's right now I'm in a, this period of my life where I'm just, I'm trying like a whole bunch of different stuff. Like I'm trying acting. I'm trying, I got into an improv group. I'm, I'm doing kids birthday parties as Spider-Man. I'm going to start soccer refereeing. So I'm just trying like a whole bunch of crap just to see like what stuff I really like. And what stuff I'm going to And that's the to. thing. You got to find some enjoyment in what you do. You're yes. constantly going to be searching mm -hmm. for, for something else. I sort of think uh, I found it's it hard, though. podcasting. I, like, this is one of the things I was like, I'm going to try podcast. I'm going to throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. And this is stuck more than a lot of the other things I've tried. So I'm like, okay, I like doing this. This is cool. No, it is cool. And it's nice to be able to not only have a topic that people want to to hear about because a lot of people are struggling with the same things that you and I are and to, to put a, a face to that I think is helpful for a lot of people it's like okay I, I'm going through these same struggles um, these are tools that they've been working on to try and, and help maybe I could try those too and and for me with stuff that I had done in the past with writing and spiritual blogs and stuff like that as I in the beginning would focus on how, how can I reach the most amount of people with this information but then it started to become if I could help one person, just one person with all of this stuff, I think that it's worth it. Mm. If one person decides because they read my blog one day that they want to improve their life, I think that makes it totally worth it. And then any additional people after that is just kind of icing on the cake. Yes. I've had the exact same thought too, where I, there's not even with this podcast where maybe it's not where I want it to be, but I do have a consistent listenership and I do have people mention things to me about it and talk about stuff that has come on the pod. And it reminds me that, Hey, you know, I may not be where I want to be as far as how many people are listening, but it's, there are people in my life that are being affected by it in a positive way. And that's, that's good enough for me. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll continue to do it if it means those people continue to, to grow and continue to, you know, and like everything else is a bonus. Like I have to remind myself that, yeah, it's everything else is a bonus at that point. So. Yeah. And I had a similar yeah. experience where I didn't realize that, doing the um the the outreach programs and the spiritual writing and stuff like that was just slowly making me a more loving person and that was actually translating into better relationships with like my family and friends that i didn't realize that they weren't necessarily reading my my blogs but the fact that i was becoming a more loving individual more compassionate caring and understanding was translating into people within my family that were deciding that they also wanted to do things to improve their life just by wow. seeing the example. Uh, so so that, that was really cool. I actually had, uh, you know, one day my mom came in and she was like, I just wanted to thank you so much for the example that you've been setting. And she was like in tears, just like blown away by the fact that I wanted to, to be better, to do better, to go on these trips to other countries and help people in need. And just seeing that, created such an emotional reaction in her that that was such a cool experience. Wow. That's yeah. I, I, that's one of the things too, I'm going to devote a big section of my book to is the idea of, you know, if you're going to the gym, for example, or you're eating better, it's not really there. There is a definitely a ton of things that will help you specifically, but you're essentially affecting your whole circle. Like I think I was listening to a podcast 
I think it was yesterday because I like to listen to podcasts while I work out. And it was talking about how they're doing some studies on how you influence others around you and how, you know, like what effect you can have if you, I think it was something where if you, if you're, if you're overweight, then your friends are like 33% more likely to be overweight too, or these different things about how you're in, how you influence your circle essentially. And so one of the things that helps me stay motivated workout wise and nutrition wise is I'm having a major effect on my circle. And so the healthier I am, the more everyone in my circle gets healthier to like a certain percentage point. And of course they're still in control of their own lives and they still make their own choices, but um, to an extent they will not have a choice in the fact they will be influenced in some way, fairly significant way. And so if I'm super healthy, everyone in my circle gets healthier in some way, whether, whether they like it or not. Like yeah, they don't exactly. really have a choice and, in the matter, you know, <laughs> especially if you're, if you're sharing a good example without it becoming like a, Oh, well, if you don't do this, I'm going to shame you for it. Or why are you not doing this? It's like just mm -hmm. presenting your life to the people around you in a way that's like, this is what I'm doing for myself. And I feel better about it. I'm doing things that are more self-loving and accepting. They start to see that as a way to do those things themselves without feeling guilty or judged mm -hmm. for it or anything like that, which I think makes a, a huge difference in a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, that's nice too. Like, I don't feel like I have to guilt anybody or do like, it's just, I just be me and just treat people the way that I want to be treated. And, you know, just naturally, you know, certain people are drawn to me and, and I'm drawn to certain people in that same way. And they, in, they influence me, you know, whether I, you know, consciously am trying to not be influenced or not. It doesn't matter. Like I'll still be influenced um, to an extent. So that's another thing that, like I said, keeps me motivated every time I'm in the gym. I'm not just doing this for myself. I'm doing this for my whole circle. So for their benefit too. And that's like an extra boost of like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely need to be here then because I want my, everyone in my group to prosper. Yeah. So. And that's a great mindset to have to uplift yourself and the people around you. Yes, please. Yes, please. All right, Rob. So let's 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 hop back. I want to hear the origins of Rob. I want to hear young young Rob coming from the womb sees his mom for the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I said I want to hear about your life that going in up and out and... double double. <laughs> Wait, say it again. I said, oh, the uh, young Rob pops out of the womb and says, I need that double double from In and Out. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's like eating a double double. Hands you yeah. some. Hands you part of the burger. You're like. Oh. Yeah, for, for me, as uh, from a young age, I was just super active. I was constantly moving. I wanted to do sports. I wanted to be outside. So for me, when I was younger, it was less about the nutrition and more about the activity, which I think is the same for a lot of kids. It's not yeah. so much oh, about yeah. the, you know, doing your chart and your 64 ounces of water a day and, and things like that, because at that point, your metabolism is so high and you're so active. It's not something that really pops into your head. Yeah. And, and, and also yeah. for me, when I was a kid, I enjoyed more of the process of cooking as opposed to the nutrition part of it. So for me, it was kind of like the enjoyment of, oh, we're going to make burgers. Let me, let me grill it. And it was like the enjoyment of the process, which I really uh, took to. And it has helped me going forward and being able to um, to do my own meals and stuff like that. But it took me a long time to develop the kind of relationship with food that was more about this is what nourishes your body as opposed to mm -hmm. you like the way this tastes and you enjoy making it. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of a, a, a big difference as far as uh, nutrition goes. But 
Um, okay. tried to stay as active as possible when I was younger. So I did baseball leagues. I did soccer, basketball, pretty much any sport that you could think of. Rollerblades, skateboarding every day after school. Nice. Just about anywhere that I could go on two or four wheels, BMX. So um, stayed, well, what, stayed pretty lean there for a while. At? I was best at baseball. Okay, I, I can a, see that. Good, you, you, you strike me as a baseball player. You got those big yeah. forearms too. Yeah, I've been trying to get into some softball leagues here, but it's hard unless you've got a group that you can actually put a whole team together. It's kind of hard to to get in on on another team, but something that it's active and I enjoy doing. Well, if you but... ever got a team together, I'd play. Depending on the, the okay. night you did it, I I I did a softball league a couple of years ago. I actually really enjoyed it, even though I sucked at baseball most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you enjoy it and you get good exercise, but. You know, that was kind of, I think one thing that wound up being a huge challenge for me as I got older was the fact that I didn't really have that knowledge about nutrition in the human body from a young age. Mm. Wasn't necessarily something that was ignored, but it just wasn't really brought up much, not even in mm. school. I mean, we had a, a, a foods and nutrition class that we had, you know, like junior or senior year of high school, but they didn't really teach you nu- nutrition. They're like, here, we're yeah. going to make some food today. And then if you finish that, they would send us to the store and we could buy whatever we want and make our own food. And so it was kind of off book a little bit. So we didn't really get the the kind of education that you would need to put bring that forward into your life in a way that you could not only in, enjoy food and enjoy the process of making it, but eat healthy as well. So there wound yeah. up being a period of time, um, probably about junior year of high school until my early 20s where I gained a bunch of weight because I didn't really know about the nutrition part of it. And the sports started to die off at that point. You're moving out on your own. You're not doing sports leagues. You're not doing uh, after school stuff with your friends and taking the BMX yeah. bike down to wherever. The and level so of was- accountability we have after high school. I mean, some, we have it somewhat in college because we usually, you usually have a lot of active friends you still have to take a P class or two. But then after that, any accountability goes completely out the window. You yeah, it was totally out nothing. the window. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was awful. I mean, it actually got to a point to where I was like 210 pounds overweight. Like I was huge because I pretty much everything that I had been doing up to that point to kind of keep my body in shape all went out the window. Hmm. And I didn't, I didn't have any tools at the time to figure out how to find my way back to something that would be a good formula for success both in life and and in nutrition so it wasn't until years later that I actually took it seriously and it started with um buying p90x videos p90x yeah Horton let's go yeah (laughs) I heard he's like super super skinny now my dad told me that he saw about him in a long time but my dad said he saw him the other day and I guess he, I think he had some medical stuff come up, but now he's super, super skinny. Like he lost a lot of his muscle. I think he's promoting a different kind of program, probably something more, more body weight, calisthenic type of workout. But I, I have to take a peek and see what he looks like now. Cause yeah, Tony Horton's my boy. He's my boy, dude. That guy's such a champ, dude. So much yeah, energy, he, man. That guy's so much energy. No. And it was crazy. Like it's one of those things where a lot of people see like as seen on TV stuff, this is kind of a joke, but it was one of those programs that I, I followed it to the letter for the 90 days. And I went from like 210 pounds to like 165 and it was just ripped. 
and, and, and it, yeah, and it was life changing and it changed everything, not only my fitness, but the way that I viewed the world around me and the way that I felt about myself. And mm. it translated even into like keeping my house cleaner and more organized and making sure I was doing my laundry more and not letting my other um, responsibilities fall by the wayside as well. So that was kind of, I think, uh, 2011, 2012. I had uh, gotten a new job in Los Angeles and they moved me out there and it was like new environment, new people and, uh, you know, was overweight and, you know, kind of feeling down on myself and was like, you know what, buy these CDs, do it for 90 days, see how it works out. And at the end of it, I was, I was ripped. Dude, that was kind of, that was, photos of, of yeah, that I'll have to show you some from back in the day, but um, that was kind of what I would say was the official beginning of my fitness journey was those P90X videos. Dang, that's so funny because I was I I'm in the same boat because I I mean I grew up playing a lot of sports kind of like you play like all the sports played it all up until high school college and then I think it was can't remember the year maybe oh what am I now I'm 29 I was probably like around 20 so maybe like nine years ago and I also did the P90X program and I also got jacked and that was. That was the first time I had ever gotten like, whoa, dang, like, dude, I'm freaking, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, P9X, a great program, honestly. I mean, I think there are better yeah. programs now, but I think it's great. It's like a great blend of cardio and weightlifting, I feel, that yeah. you don't need a ton of equipment for. Yeah, I just had yeah. the, like, Bowflex Select Tech dumbbells. So I had just, like, one set of dumbbells, and I could go from, like, 5 to 50 pounds. And that was pretty much all you needed was some space to do some free weights, maybe some resistance bands and then a mat. Cause I think one of the, the days of the week was like 90 minutes of yoga or something like that. So you had yep. kind of a stretching yoga day. That, that, that was yoga probably the one is, I'll admit I good too. It was brutal, man. That was probably the one that I skipped the most. If I skipped anything was I would do maybe 30 minutes <laughs> of the 90 minutes of yoga. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to make it to Monday to, to start this program over again. If I spend 90 minutes doing this, this yoga, it was brutal. Brutal. I've done yeah. yoga at a few different places. And I still think that the P90X yoga was probably the most brutal yoga. Oh yeah. Even after doing it at like places that are yoga places, it freaking man yeah and it really. started out with oh if you need to use a yoga block or something that's fine i'm like i need a lot more than just a yoga <laughs> block to get into some of these positions man <laughs> but i still did it regardless of how much time i spent doing it i mean i think i did like 88 days out of 90 days straight dang dude that's awesome yeah and that's... it was amazing oh, man love hearing stories like that and i would still recommend i'm, I'm big on promoting programs on this on this podcast Pretty much every time I'm talking, I'm always pretty much telling, because I think the majority of people need a program. I think there are a select few people. Shout out to Tyler Brandt, who I just talked to the other day, who was like, Tim, I must be one of your select people that that doesn't need a workout, because he just goes to the gym and does his own thing. But he's also not necessarily the trainer type where he's going to like set workout plans for people. And I think that's mm -hmm. a very rare breed of people can just show up at the gym and just kind of make up their own stuff as they go. I think you either have to almost be kind of a trainer mentality or... You're someone who probably needs some sort of plan or at least a base structure where then you can kind of rift off after. So I'm always recommending people find a program. And so if you're someone who you don't want to go to the gym, but you want to do and you want to do cardio and you want to do some weights as well, P90X, I think, is a great program for that. Great cardio. You're sweating. You're moving. You're still lifting weights. You're still going to failure at a lot of these different exercises. You're still 
building muscle. I mean, Tony Horton's a pretty big dude, even for doing, you know, kind of basic. You because you, you still use the pull-up bar and some other stuff too, so you still get a good amount of weight on some of those yeah. exercises. But highly recommend PNNX program for those of you out there if you're looking for a program to do. That's one. Obviously, we both did it, and we both both had great success. So yeah, I had great success. I even printed out like uh, calendars and wrote all my days in, and made sure that I marked it when I was done, and held myself accountable for as much of it as I possibly could, and worked out great. I'm also a big fan of the the Athlete X programs. Yes, let's go. Um, I didn't I do it. I didn't do it as much <laughs> as you did, though. When I saw your uh, uh, shirtless photo the other day all cut up from your what was it three or four months of athlean programs I'm obsessed but um <laughs> that was probably my number one go-to when i was trying to plan for my workouts because i'm kind of like that the same as you were just talking about where i can get to the gym and rift a little bit as far as my workouts but once i start getting into doing that for a month or more and you need to start doing more variations or in increasing the time that you spend there or the intensity that's where i kind of lose a little bit of that and so then i would mm. go to athlean x and be like okay i i, I feel like i'm not making any pro, uh, progress with my biceps so i go to the athlean x youtube mm. and his video like how to get bigger biceps the, right yeah how to get bigger <laughs> biceps and i would search up a lot of that stuff and i was really loving his combination of like the um was it uh, eccentric and concentric overloads and stuff like that mm. we'd figure out ways to you know slowly release it and bring it up for power and slowly release it and mixing the the different styles together to um you know constantly be tricking your muscles into um, you know different types of growth and things like that so that was super helpful, but, um, you know, it's still challenging to be constantly planning for every time you go. Cause it, if, if you struggle enough with motivation, figuring out what to yeah. do beforehand makes it even more difficult. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. I got to go and I got to plan what to do when I get there. And it's tougher. That's what I loved about going to nine rounds so much is I didn't have to think about any of that. It was like, show up when you show up, spend 60 minutes, 90 minutes there, do a couple of loops get punched in the stomach by Timmy a couple of times. Oh yeah. I remember no mercies. Our, we, had then, to hide, we had to hide that from John though. Cause that was yeah. a nine round approved. <laughs> not approved. Yeah. You're not, <laughs> you're not allowed to touch the the members, but, but Hey, I was there. I mean, I was there probably three or four days a week for at least 60 minutes. And I was loving that. And then I would go mm. sometimes with Todd ahead of time, we'd go to like fitness 19 and do 60 minutes of weightlifting and then go cap it off with, 30 minutes were Tim nuts, and nine round dude. after. I know we were nuts. Those are absolutely nuts. I love it though. <laughs> I love when you guys would come in. Was that was like, yes. probably the, the, the best shape that I've ever been. And I was like 165, like super just cut, like best shape ever. But a lot of things closed down. It was hard to get back into that again. I started going to the one in Folsom and um, they had to actually shut it down completely. They were trying to sell it and um, nine rounds corporate office. They, they didn't approve it. So they basically just shut it down instead of selling it to the, the Eldorado Hills owners. But I, mm. I tried to keep it going and it's not an excuse, but it uh, didn't make it more challenging where every single gym that you'd been going to goes through bankruptcy or shuts down. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, how do I, how do I move forward? And then I was I know John managed to stay open. Yeah. Some of them were very defiant, which I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I lucked out big time because I had, a friend of mine who had a home gym in their garage, a squat rack, barbells, dumbbells. And so they were like, they gave me a key and said, come by anytime. And I said, you are literally a gift from yeah. God because 
I was there five, six days a week <laughs> in their garage, <laughs> drenched in sweat, but so happy That's that I had a way. place to go, especially because I mean, during peak pandemic, I mean, I mean, my mental health wasn't great. I'm sure a lot of people's mental health was not great. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. It's a lot of fear, a lot of, you know, so there's any time where people would need to be working out more than they already were would be during that time. Yeah. So I was that's fortunate. That's like the double-edged to... sword, man. Cause mm. it's like you, you wind up during a time in your life where you'd benefit the most from it and it's the hardest mm. to maintain it. Yeah. But that's kind of life in general. Mm. Sometimes I was trying to go out to the park down the street from my house. Cause they had like the, there's a school there, an elementary school and they had a big jungle gym and other stuff. So I was out there trying to do like tricep dips on the, the jungle gym at the elementary school, just to do something, anything to, to keep my fitness going. So it's been like 30 minutes out there doing push-ups and pull-ups and whatever I could to kind of maintain that and throw in some uh, mountain biking in there and uh, seemed to work out pretty well for a while, but like a lot of things, once, once things get difficult, that's the first thing to go is you mm. work, work a hard day at work, you know, spend eight hours driving a truck to the, the Bay area and back picking up equipment. And last thing you want to do is come home and unload everything and go to the park across the street and spend 45 minutes working out. Especially like, once oh, you hit winter time too. It's like, oh, I'm going to go get cold now <laughs> outside, yeah. try to work outside. out outside. Oh, yeah, I uh, I lucked out, and then also Crunch, Crunch, they stayed open. Like our, I don't, they might have shut down for a little bit, but they opened up real quick. They were very defiant, and so I immediately got a membership there. And I'll talk to some people still, and they'll say, oh, "Where are you working out at?" I'll be like, "Oh, Crunch." They'll be like, "What? There's no gyms open." And I'm like, "I've been working out for Crunch in the last eight, like for eight yeah. months." You like you mean the only gym open? <laughs> not <laughs> that was funny about it too. Is it's not so bad anymore, but for for a little bit there, dude, it would it was like packed in there and i'm like what we might as well just we might as well all be at separate gyms so that way yeah. we're not all packed into one gym. like this totally defeats the whole purpose of why we're even shut down in the first place like spread everyone out again like i want to get yeah i want to hit the bar i couldn't hit the barbell sometimes because too many people using it i'm like ah, gosh go to another gym yeah and i had <laughs> tried to do about um six or seven months at lifetime Ooh, but yeah, uh, that's that, a gym I'd love to get a membership at. Eventually. It was such a great gym when you could go inside. But then when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh, we can only do outside exercises. And then it was like just this tiny little area on their tennis court with equipment that you were going to have to wait for someone to finish using anyways, because Ugh. everyone was trying to use all this outdoor equipment. And to top it off, they didn't want to give anybody like um, a, a reduction in their membership fees. So you were really? still paying like the full lifetime price oh, for their tiny gosh. little outdoor section, no sauna. Now you could use the pool a little bit, but not the outdoor pool. And and that was it. And they Ugh. wanted 100, 130 bucks a month for it. So I Ugh. I canceled that that pretty Disgusting. quick. Disgusting. <laughs> That's that makes me mad. That's ridiculous. Well, and now and now they've increased their membership, so now they're trying to get people to come back for the the full time indoor, and it's like one forty a month. They added ten more bucks onto it, trying to <sighs> suckle whatever extra money they could Sheesh. out of people and Folsom that can afford to pay it. But man, I was gonna say I'd only probably work out there if I actually worked there, which I have looked into seeing if I could get a job there, because then you get the free membership. But geez, Louise, one hundred forty dollars. Yeah, it just it, wow wasn't worth what I was That's paying wild. for what I was getting out of it. And even with it being open, I mean, there's tons of stuff that I don't use that you basically pay your monthly dues for that. 
Yeah, I'm not going to use the massage the table. Or yeah, the massage table. Like, eh. So I'm not going. And and what little time I have, I'm not going to go do any of their classes really, or their yoga or anything like that necessarily. But it's I think you're paying a little bit more for the uh, lifetime. Mm. I work out at Lifetime Fitness. I work out at Lifetime Folsom. So. <laughs> you probably don't go there because you can't afford to go there, but yeah. I can. I hang out by the pool and and drink after my workout because <laughs> that's what we do at <laughs> they, Lifetime. They hand serve me mojitos yeah. and uh drinks while i was away by the pool they went to me yeah. but i have my own servant there that and i can drink this beer because i got a cob salad so it all works out <laughs> <laughs> oh man the clientele you'd have to work with there would be very interesting let's jump back to you as a kid i want to hear more about what your parents lifestyle was like what they what they fed you i'm always i feel like there are previous generation did not have nearly the amount of access to the nutritional information we have now. Hey listeners, welcome back to Topics with Tim, Next Level Health. This is my series called Gym Junkies, and this is part one of my conversation with Rob, who is a first timer on the show. In this portion of our conversation, we talk about the power of meditation. We both implement different various aspects of meditation into our lives, and it has helped us a lot with our mental health especially, and the results you get from meditating are not immediately gratifying. You don't see those results sometimes for weeks, so we both touch on that. We go into quarantine motivation, how Rob was able to stay motivated, to stay in shape during the quarantine. We know a lot of people gained a lot of weight during quarantine, so how did Rob stay in shape? I personally touch a little bit on my mental health, what the things that give me anxiety and how that relates to health and fitness. We talk about the circle effect, which is that you affect the people around you. There are a lot of studies showing that you really influence the people around you and how you can be healthier and then in, in turn help improve the health of all the people in your circle. Rob shares his story of when he was young, all the things he did to stay active, his eventual move to LA and getting ripped on the P90X program. And we just learned a lot about what life was like for Rob growing up. So a lot of awesome content in this one. And part two will be coming out next week on Monday. So stay tuned for that. As always, guys, enjoy. Enjoy. 